Neuroqueering Podcast. I'm your host, Pasha Marlowe, with some super exciting news. I am bringing on a co-host, and not just any co-host, the only co-host that I'd ever want to co-host with, <laughs> Sunny Jane Wise, lived experience educator, author, visionary, uh, author of the upcoming book, We Are All Neurodiverse, coming out in November. And all the way from Australia. So, Sunny, just waking up as I am <laughs> heading to bed, we are going to do this. Uh, hi, Sunny. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. We're so, oh, here we go. Look, look at this, how excited we are that Sunny's going to co host. <laughs> I'm playing with all my, I'm playing with all my buttons that I don't know how to play with. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, we are talking about everything under the sun. Uh, neuroqueering is so expansive. And hopefully each time we record, we'll, we'll be talking about things that light us up and engage us, but probably also things that enrage us and make us feel a lot. Um, so today, what were you hoping we'd start with, Sunny? Well, since uh, for me it is the 1st of April and for you it will be the 1st of April. I See, you're a visionary. I know, right? I can tell the future. Um, I thought we could talk about like autism, uh, autism acceptance and awareness month and uh, maybe a little bit about neurodivergent pride and why we need a neurodivergent pride day. Um, uh, yeah, I thought this could be a very relevant and relatable conversation. I love that. Um, so before I forget, when you say neurodivergent pride day, is this the intersectionality of neurodiversity and queerness or does pride not necessarily refer to queerness? Yeah, it's more about, uh, having pride and, you know, celebrating our neurodivergent identity. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think, you know, pride is commonly associated with being queer or being non-binary or being trans because we've, you know, we have learned, we've come so far and we've learned to celebrate that identity, which is why pride is associated with that. But I think neurodivergent people deserve pride as well, because obviously there's nothing wrong with being neurodivergent. Right. I love that idea. And and side note, I guess, yes. And I don't know any neurodivergent people who don't also identify somewhere along the, uh, not straight spectrum. So I'm just, I'm just putting that as a side note. It's hard to, it's hard to separate the two for me, but I love the idea of a neurodivergent pride day. Yeah. No, the intersection yeah. is definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, as, as you and I were talking prior, like once you start queering and diverging from neuronormativity and unmasking your your neurotype undoubtedly you're also going to start to question and queer and diverge from other social norms such as heteronormativity or gender norms so i think it's a really cool unmasking and un revealing and healing process Oh, no, absolutely. I think definitely like, you know, um, diverging from neuronormativity can automatically mean that you diverge or defy, you know, cis heteronormativity, like 100%. I think they mm -hmm. are very entwined. Yeah, definitely. So what do you picture this neurodivergent pride day to look like? I can't wait to hear. Oh, colorful for sure. Oh, absolutely colorful. Um, well, it's going to be in June. Um, I've 
I've come up with that much. Um, so it's going to be in June. This is actually happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I, I'm, not, I'm not all talk. I'm also all walk. Um, I thought it was just an idea. It is an idea, but it's an idea that's going to happen. June. I haven't, like, I haven't, all I've done is uh, think about it so far. I haven't actually done anything yet, but it's going to okay. happen. <laughs> So June 2023, uh, worldwide, not just in Australia. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because why shouldn't we have a Pride Day for neurodivergent people? Because at the end of the day, we have, yeah, we have Neurodiversity uh, Celebration Week. But let's be real, Neurodiversity Celebration Week is only for autism, ADHD and learning disabilities. As we saw, we have like ADHD Awareness Month. We have Autism Awareness Month. But we need something for neurodivergent people like that includes all neurodivergences. We need a day that is for neurodivergent people. I love it. I love it. Yes. And uh, you often talk about the neurodivergent umbrella expanding far beyond neurotypes such as autism, ADHD. And uh, remind me, do you include uh, trauma under the neurodivergent umbrella? Do yeah, absolutely. You yeah. You know, people mm -hmm. who have had trauma, like there are studies and research that show that their brains are wired differently. And regardless of how their brains are wired, people, you know, who have experienced trauma, they now function differently. They move through the world differently because of that. Um, and obviously that's all that matters with being neurodivergent is the fact that you do diverge. You know, it is the fact that you do function differently. Um, mm. And obviously, uh, like as someone who has gone through trauma, trauma sucks. But at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't mean that I can't celebrate or be proud of who I am and how I do diverge from your normativity. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the reasoning Absolutely. might be a little bit shit, but, you know, it's good. <laughs> how we got here is shit, but now that we're yeah. here, we're going to celebrate it. And exactly. so this Pride Day... How, what do you picture it to look like? Um, uh, this year, um, so this year, because I'm not so great with the planning side of things, this year I hope to release um, this, like, uh, video of people with different neurodivergent uh, different neurodivergences uh, talking about why they identify as neurodivergent or what neurodivergent means to them and how it's made a difference to how they've seen themselves. So I hope to get um, uh, like like a campaign video um, going around, and then um, obviously as well, just people uh, you know uh, like prompts or stuff like people talking about being neurodivergent or you know what neurodivergent means to them on their own social media. But next year, once I have a little bit more time organizing it, I hope I hope for there to be like an online summit, like an online conference with people with different neurodivergences talking about how to support them and, you know, talking about their neurodivergences. So, for example, someone with schizophrenia, someone who hears voices, someone who's, uh, you know, um, a system or a multiple, you know, who has alters, um, someone who has bipolar, um, someone, you know, with an acquired 
acquired brain injury, basically getting dif- the different representations of the neurodivergent umbrella in one like online neurodivergent conference type thing. Just because um, even though I know, like, so for example, Neurodiversity Celebration Week, all the speakers, they were all, it was all about autism or ADHD or dyslexia. Yeah. So I'd Let love to see a neurodivergent conference that actually represents neurodivergence. Absolutely. And do you picture this year beyond live events and parades and kind of a party atmosphere, yeah. like, like a more traditional pride? Uh, like I, I definitely don't, I, I look, I don't know if we can um, organize a parade, but I definitely uh, like, you know, just like, you know, really embracing the pride thing, you know, I love it. I identify as neurodivergent because this is why, and you know, this is why I love being neurodivergent. Just really, you know, finding the strengths and, you know, celebration in who we are. I love it. I love it. I think it's a brilliant idea. I can't, I can't wait to hear what day in June I should uh, set aside for this marvelous event. Yeah. yeah exciting. <laughs> and so autism awareness uh, is now autism acceptance month, or do I have that backwards? There's actually, I don't think there's actually uh, any, what do you call it, uh, consensus. Um, uh, you know, some people still call it Autism Awareness Month. Some call it Autism Acceptance Month. Some people like me call it Autism Awareness and Acceptance Month. Good. It's it's just April. Autism April. That's the <laughs> Autism. new name. Autism April. <laughs> okay. And... I saw on your uh, Instagram, I believe it was like 30 days. Uh, yeah. Each day was a, a different way to celebrate or how, how um, did, how did you lay that out? Lay that yeah. Out. So uh, I think it, uh, I think it's called uh, 30 days of autistic voices. Um, mm-hmm. I think like I, so I first started it last year, but I started it again this year purely because um, during April, there's always non-autistic people talking about autism and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, move over, bitch. This month ain't for you. And yeah, and so I just I just wanted to create like a way for autistic people to like participate and share their autistic experiences and talk about, you know, autism from an actually autistic lens and a way for non-autistic people to like find these autistic voices by following the hashtag and by following the hashtag they get to read all these different autistic experiences they get to gain a deeper understanding of autism from you know actually autistic people yes and with regards to actually autistic people because you've met one person who's autistic you've met one person who's autistic it looks so different for all people um, there's hesitancies or fears that I hear of people feeling like they're not autistic presenting enough to step into a role where they're speaking about autism. So I'm curious what you say about, uh, that. And also just in general, the, the gatekeeping or the policing that, uh, that is happening where, you know, it was, it's probably meant to be inclusive, but still within each of the communities, I feel like there's a lot of exclusivity and, um gatekeeping still going on yeah well i mean i think that's why the hashtag and like the 30-day calendar can be uh can actually uh be helpful because you are right when you've met one autistic person you've met one autistic person and so that's why i like this 30 days of autistic voices because you're getting multiple autistic people 
talking about autism and sharing narratistic uh, voices. So, you know, you're not just reading about autism or like reading about meltdowns from one autistic person. You've got a bunch of different uh, autistic people sharing their experiences. So you're uh, able to read multiple perspectives and everything. Yes. I'm curious, what's your unique embodiment of autism? For yourself. What does that question mean? <laughs> oh, like, like, um, I guess for me, when I think of how I embody my autism, um, you know, cause it's not just about how I think it's about how I live and love and yeah. move. Um, I am almost always aware sometimes in a hypervigilant way of just like stepping into a room and heightened to all the sensations in the room. So I'm often like a, like a, I assume a dog would, but like sniffing things out and hearing things out and feeling things out just kind of in every space I enter. Uh, and so yeah, that, that's just what I, how I perceive myself um, to yeah. be like on hyper alert uh, to all things sensory related. I was just curious how, how it shows up for you. Um, I guess how it shows up for me is um, it, it's just who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just who I am that it's, um, yeah, no, that sums it up. It's just who I am. <laughs> you can't, you can't separate. You can't separate the autism from the sunny at all. It, no. It's who I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. I love it. I love it. Were you always so um, accepting of no. your? When, when, when was the? Uh, I guess catalyst moment or transition time. Oh, um, I would probably say 2018, Mm -hmm. 2018, 2019. I think that was the catalyst. And purely because I started meeting and talking to people who would, who would talk about autism, like acceptingly. That's not a word. Um, <laughs> yeah, they would talk about like like they'll mention autism or talk about autism in a way that was just so casual and accepting and neutral that it kind of like been like it taught me to be able to talk talk about it that way because otherwise previously like since I was eight years old I always had a very negative view of autism like to the point that um, when I was like. Mm, 23 22 that I actually uh wanted to become an ABA assistant because mm-hmm. I actually thought like autism was something to be fixed all they needs is to change our behavior um mm-hmm. and that was because like I was basically brainwashed into thinking about autism a certain way yeah yeah I was I was definitely raised to think of it as uh something you want to avoid, a challenge, you know, don't talk about it. If you have it, hide it. Um, So a lot of shame around it. Similarly with ADHD, although interestingly, definitely, um, I feel like there's this, uh, I'm sure for some it happens in a different perhaps order, but I was unmasking my queerness and then in unmasking my queerness, I I started to also uh, realize and unmask my ADHD. And then upon kind of managing my ADHD, I started to unmask uh, autism and it just, and and then it just keeps like almost as if things just continue to reveal themselves. Um, 
and I've, I've heard that from a lot of people that, uh, that it doesn't happen all at once sometimes that there's these just like moments and yeah. pieces where you learn new things and all of a sudden you have these aha moments, uh, unexpectedly. So that feel like everything in your life makes sense for a second. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I was just curious if you, if you had a, a similar uh, experience where was it autism that you came to uh, embrace in 2018 and were there other nerd, are you multiply neurodivergent? Do you consider? Yeah. Yourself? yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD both when I was eight years old. Okay. Um, so I grew up always knowing I had them, but then I kind of, when I was 20, I ended up kind of rejecting the idea that I had autism and ADHD. Um, I was convinced that all the doctors were lied. Um, <laughs> uh, so it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't until 2018 that it was just like, oh shit, they were right. Um, uh, so I, de- I think I, cause I always knew I had both, you know, the, yeah, I always had that awareness. Um, but I also have bipolar as well, um, which is like a whole other level. And I think um, accepting my autism and ADHD really helped me to accept uh, my bipolar. Um, like, Because at the end of the day, how could I accept my autism and ADHD and not accept my bipolar? That just doesn't make sense. Yes. Yes. Agreed. And were you able to find support or anyone that was neurodivergent affirming any helpers or healers in your life? Um, uh, no, uh, I wasn't really uh, like, yeah, I were, I was like, I did find a neurodivergent community. Um, I definitely found, uh, cause I was actually, uh, training to be a counselor at the time. So I actually managed to join a couple of Facebook groups that were for counselors and therapists who, uh, were neurodiversity affirming. So I had a really good introduction, I think, is that cause I was training to be a therapist at the time that I was exposed to the neurodivergent, uh, community or the neurodiversity affirming community pretty much from the get go. Uh, so university couldn't brainwash me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you had that experience because I became a therapist now 30 years ago when so much more pathologizing was taking place in all, in all levels. Um, but especially with neurodivergence. And so it was such a disservice, uh, to, to me and to my clients. Unfortunately, I, it didn't feel right. Intuitively, something didn't feel right. So I left the profession and started to branch out into more um, like somatic healing and and health and wellness and fitness and yoga, because I felt like there was a connection that they were missing in traditional therapy. It was just, there was no body. There was just no mind. There was just, you know, the past and our, and our brains. And I just felt like it was limiting and restrictive. And I, I still feel like even when people talk about neurodiversity uh it's restrictive in the sense they're talking about just like brain differences or how people think differently and i feel like there still needs to be so much more expansiveness around the conversation that's what kind of gets me that with neurodiversity and neurodivergence they focus on how you know oh yeah our brains are wired differently or our brains are unique or our brains um you know uh think differently and it's like one the whole point of neurodiversity is that every single individual in the world has a different brain so 
duh, of course we all think differently. And then secondly, neurodivergence is about how we function differently to neuronormativity. It's got nothing to do with our brains. I mean, obviously we function differently because our brains are different, but like obviously our brains are different because of neurodiversity. But the point is, is that we function differently to neuronormativity. So it's less of a like a whole biological thing with our brains and more with social construct. It's more with social norms. It's you know, the idea behind neurodivergence is that, you know, how we should function is a social construct. There is no such thing as normal. There's only such thing as socially acceptable. And right. so I feel like people get like hung up on, you know, our brain wiring, um, what's happening in our brains rather than, you know, focusing on, you know, how we function. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've been referring to uh, it as body mind or mind body rather than just brain um yeah. or even just nuances because like you're saying like we are all individuals with individual obviously duh brains but obviously also duh different bodies and different lives and different histories and different yeah. ideas and so it's also nuanced so i yeah. feel like it's uh kind of back to the gatekeeping like it's so compartmentalized now that it, it feels restrictive uh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. i even mm -hmm. see that with like people who will like argue against me with like the term neurodivergent they'll say like neuro means brain like you you know the neuro part of neurodivergent they're like neuro means like neurological therefore neurodivergent is about neurological differences and it's like no just just ignore the neuro part neuro doesn't have to mean neurological just accept the word as a whole. Ignore the neuropa. <laughs> yes, it's it's challenging when we start to fight semantics and picking yeah. apart the words. Um, yeah, because everybody's own filters come in at that point. Um, well, it, as we look ahead to other weeks when we um, record and we share ideas, what... Um, Maybe you don't get angry about things, so I shouldn't impose this. But because I, I, my question was going to be, what angers you? Like, what just drives you bananas about this? Um, and uh, yeah, because because for me, it's really one people using neurodiversity or neurodiverse instead of neurodivergent. That just like, mm. but then also people who work with neurodivergent people who are not. Uh, queer friendly or queer affirming. Cause as I said in the beginning, I do not think, I just think there's way too much intersectionality and overlap um, to, I feel like if you're going to help serve one community, you're serving both. And so yeah. uh, those, that's my, I guess, pet peeve. Is, that, is there what, what riles you up? <laughs> well, definitely both of those things you mentioned, um, especially when people medicalize neurodivergence, so when they'll say, you know, a person has a neurodivergent condition um, or like, you know, diagnosed with neurodivergence, I really mm. hate when people medicalize neurodivergence because that would be like saying diagnosed with queerness or yes. a person with queerness. It's like neurodivergent is an identity, not a medical term. And uh, something else you mentioned as well, uh, you know, absolutely, like if someone works with uh, neurodivergent people, they have to understand, 
you know, they have to understand gender and sexuality and being queer. But I also think, one, they need to understand ableism, and two, they have to be committed to anti-racism because at the end of the day, you cannot accept how someone diverges from neuronormativity if you cannot recognize that neuronormativity and all of these neuronormative norms and standards and expectations are rooted in capitalism and white supremacy, like hugely so, like neuro, it, like just 100% it is. And I don't think you can, you know, give an individual that acceptance or, you, you know, you can't help a individual challenge or reframe, you know, these neuronormative expectations or norms unless you can, like, you know, identify where these norms or expectations come from. Yeah. Clapping. Clapping. <laughs> yes. Completely agree. I I think we should end on that because that's just the the essence of it all. And um, we'll be returning to new conversations each time. I don't know how frequently we're going to do. We're going to try. We're going to try what we're a couple times a yeah, month. We're going to be uh, consistently inconsistent, but we will <laughs> be showing up. And as well, you know, if you are uh, listening to this, feel free to suggest topics. Like if there's a topic that gets you angry. Chances are there could be a topic that gets us angry. So suggest um, we want to talk about shit that you want to hear about. <laughs> I love it. And so people can reach you. What's the best way? What's your best way of people reaching you, Sonny? Uh, Instagram, just comment. Okay. Comment. You read Don't the comments? Yeah, I'll read the comments. Okay. I'm more likely to read comments than I are to read messages. Oh, good to know. Oh, good to know. You're more likely to read the comments and the messages uh, at lived experience educator on Instagram. Um, I'm still on TikTok until it disappears as neuroqueer, neuroqueer coach, but also on Instagram as neuroqueer coach. I think I actually read the messages more than the comments, but I will try to do both. <laughs> No, we'll, we'll, sorry, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have our different natures. I'll do the comments, we'll do the messages. There we go. And then when we post our uh, podcast, it'll be on Apple and Spotify, and I'll also put it on YouTube, and there'll be opportunities for people to rate and review and share and comment um, on the podcast platforms too. Yes. So. Nice. I'm so excited that we get to have these conversations, Sunny, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad to be neuroqueering with you. These are these are honestly the conversations I want to be having. These are the conversations that I constantly have in my head, or like I rant about to my cat. Um, so I'm really glad I finally have another person to talk about this with. <laughs> You have a person and a platform now. Millions of yeah, people. Right, finally. Praying, <laughs> praying this recording actually worked. We can put it out <laughs> to the millions of people that follow us. Yeah, right. Um, okay. Well, okay. Let's hope this worked. And then if it did, we'll do it again. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Before you go, I have a favor to ask. Please subscribe to this podcast. That way you won't miss an episode and it'll help me bring it to folks who need it most. Fellow ADHD minds out there, I know you're going to forget. I would too. So let's push that button now and subscribe. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bonus points if you spread the word of the NeuroQueering podcast by sharing it or reviewing it. Thank you. Also, if you want to see more of me, Please follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at NeuroQueerCoach. 
sign up for coaching at pashamarlo.com or to guest on my show or leave feedback, email at pasha at neuroqueering.com. Thanks all. Happy neuroqueering. Enjoy your day.